Amen. All right, turn to your neighbor and tell him it's good to be in the house of the Lord and you can take your seats. I can sing for days. Good morning, Impact City. It is an honor to be with you all. And I want to I wanna take some time to congratulate you for, for what God is doing here. We follow you all uh, online and we're partnered with you guys online and we just love what God is doing here and I want to take some time to honor this house and to honor the pastoral family can we honor Pastor John Desiree Parker and Paisley can we honor them and uh, I just want to tell you something and I'm not just going to say this just because he's uh, my brother or family but I want y'all to treat them right let me tell you why. Because God treats churches the way churches treat their pastors. So, love on them, bless them, serve them well, and you'll see how God honors this house. How many say amen to that? I believe this house is going to be full one day. All right, I'm declaring right now. I'm already prophesying, and we are just honored to be here. So, just a little bit about myself. My name is Andrew Caranco, and one of the greatest honors of my life is to be married to my wife Ruby and to be a dad to Bailey and Hunter and they are with me in this trip. I think uh, Bailey is an Impact City kid so she's having a blast. She was actually very upset because she, she didn't know they were going to have Bible teaching in Impact City kids. She was like, Dad, I thought it was just jumping and playing and I go, no, no, you got to get some, some word in your heart. So I want to thank you all for serving uh, Thank, can we just thank God for kids' ministry? Any parents in here? Like, oh my gosh. Thank God for kids' ministry. And um, so all my, my family is here today. My niece is also here. And so she's like our second daughter. So we, we're so glad that she's with us. Um, my wife and I have um, a great honor. And this is another greatest honor that I have is to pastor one of the greatest churches ever in the world. We lead the Pursuit Church in Harlingen, Texas, and I believe some of our Pursuit fam is online. So if you are online, I love you. I miss you. We will come back blazing next week. Can we, can we say hi to our Pursuit family that's online? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's one of the greatest honors of my life to lead this amazing church. We are a young church. We're four years, four and a half years old, and God has just done something amazing. And uh, so I, I thank God for what he is doing. So I want to just ask you humbly to pray for us so that God, uh, so that we could build what God has called us to do that. Can y'all pray for us? Amen. Amen. All right. Okay. So are we awake yet? I'm, I'm one of those preachers that kind of like, I need you to talk to me. If not, I'll preach two hours. Because I'll be like, are they getting it? Are they not getting it? I'm, I'm just one of those. Like, so uh, I heard it this way a few months ago. I'm a holler back preacher. Any of y'all? No? I'm a, so I need you to holler back at me. So, and, so any of y'all ever gone to the football games here in Odessa and in Midland? Any of y'all? If y'all are louder in those football games than y'all are in church, come on, y'all. I need y'all to get some, some praise in your heart. I need y'all to. All right. So I've established that. Well, I need you to talk to me. So we're ready for the word of God. How many say amen? All right. I love preaching. I love preaching. Actually, a, a story. I never thought that I was going to be a preacher. I, 
I, the plan was, and then John just threw that to, to the side when he moved up here to Mary Desiree. Um, <laughs> we, he was going to be the pastor and I was going to be the worship leader. I never thought I was going to be a preacher. I never thought I was going to be a pastor. As, to be honest, I never desired that. But now that in the season that I'm in, I love preaching. I love preaching because there's, there's different types of preaching. You know, you can, you could admonish, you can exhort, you could lift up. There's, there's all these types of preaching. And, um, and one of the, well, my favorite types of preaching are the preachings that will pull the people of God up. What does that mean? That the word of God has the power and the ability to pull you up from the season that you're in and pull you into your next level or to your next season. I need someone to get excited. And so there's people that may not believe me, but listen, one word of God can change your situation from one moment to the next. I need you to ask. I need you to go back all the way to creation. What happened in creation? God said, and it was. So I need you to look. All this stuff that we see in the world, the beauty of nature, all that stuff, it was created in the spoken word of God from one moment to the next. How much more our lives or our situation can shift and can change from one moment to the next? Come on. I need someone to say, I'm getting pulled up today. I'm getting pulled up today. I'm getting pulled up today getting pulled up today ready for the word the principle of this revelation will serve us well and i believe that god's word can propel us to new levels they can propel us and and i believe that if you take hold to what god is going to say this morning that god can propel you into a new season if there's anybody here that's in a rut in life or in, in your ministry in your business i believe that this word can propel you into your next Season. I believe that God is doing this all over the world, that God is stretching his people to increase their capacity. What does that mean, right? When, when we, <laughs> this is funny, when we go to the, the department store and we buy a bigger set of clothes, what does that do? It gives us more room. Now, some of y'all don't have experience with that, but I do. <laughs> oh my gosh, come on, man. When you are stretched, your capacity is increased. And some of you are like, hey, you know what? I've been uncomfortable, but what God is doing is he's stretching you to increase your capacity. Some of you feel like, man, this is uncomfortable. Stretching is not comfortable. Ask a, ask a, a pregnant woman that her, her belly is now growing and her body is changing. Stretching is not comfortable, but what are you doing? You are increasing your capacity, and that's what God does to us. He stretches us so that he can increase our capacity. And um, so I believe that this word is, is, gonna, is going to stretch us to increase our capacity. How many say amen? All right, so God has been leading me to put these kind of words in the atmosphere and whether it's from the pulpit or whether it's in conversations with with some of our members or with people i believe that god are believing people are believing god to move and i believe that god what he wants to do in this season we the, the world as we know it has been different from the beginning of 2020 march 2020 the world changed and, and what I believe what is happening in this season is that God wants to highlight his people. What does that mean? He wants to be able to bless his people so that he can make his power, his presence, his blessing known on the earth. So he wants to highlight you. Can you tell your neighbor he wants to highlight me? He wants to highlight me. Come on. And um, so I believe that God is going to highlight people in this season. And I'm going to take you to the text in Isaiah 60. 
Isaiah 60, and if you want to stand for the reading of God's word, Isaiah 60, we're going to read 1 and 2 and verses, and jump to verse 17. It says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. Can you say that? The glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thickness, and the thick darkness is over the people. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. We're going to jump to verse 17. Instead of bronze, I will give you gold, and, in sil and silver in place of iron. And instead of wood, I will bring you bronze, and iron in the place of stones. I will make peace your governor and well-being your ruler. For the next few moments, I'd like to talk on the topic, it's graduation season. Can you put that in the atmosphere? Say it with me. It's graduation season. Come on. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word, and we ask that you would pull us up, that you would allow things to shift and transition in our lives as we hear this word. I thank you, God, for what you're going to do in Jesus' name. And everyone said, all right, you can take your seats. I can't emphasize enough the importance of right believing. It's not an issue of having faith, but it is an issue of having faith in the right things. People believe that, that they just with their thought life that they could overcome and they think they could do that, but it's not just that. It is believing the right things and having faith in the right things. And so you have to understand that it's not just practicing something, but it is practicing the right things. I don't know if you've ever seen a baseball player practice with the basketball. You've never seen that. Why? Because they would be practicing wrong. And it's very important for us to be able, as believers, to be able to believe the right things that are in the Scripture. And sometimes we have erroneous thinking or, or incorrect thinking that, that we believe this is what the Scripture says, but it is totally out of context and it's totally out of line. But if we believe the Scripture and we know what it is saying, it is truly saying, then we can believe the right things. So it is important to be able to believe and bring out the revelation that is in the word of God that, that it would be able to be applied to our lives. You must have truth and you must have faith in that truth. The Bible says that, or Jesus said, that you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. What does that mean? If you know the truth, you put faith in that truth, it will set you free. But it is not just free, but it puts you into the freedom of Christ. It doesn't just leave you there, but it puts you into a new season, into a new dimension. It takes you from bondage. Truth will take you from bondage into the freedom in Christ. Not just free, but freedom in Christ. And so this, this is interesting. So when we believe scriptural truths, then we can reap the benefits of blessing, prosperity, provision, abundance, healing, wholeness, and every other promise that is in the word of God for the children of God. 
Now, before someone says, well, you know, Pastor Andrew, you are a, a prosperity preacher. You believe in the prosperity gospel. And I, don't want, I just want to be plain and frank. I do not believe in the prosperity gospel. But I do believe that prosperity is a promise to those who believe the gospel and those that believe in his word. That's good. Prosperity is a promise. Now, this is powerful because we are sons and daughters of God. We are not sons and daughters of God by birth, but we are sons and daughters by adoption. Paul tells us that we are brought into the family of God and we are adopted into God's family. And this is powerful because, because God is not obligated to love us, but he loves us by choice. He loves you and I by choice, and we are brought into his family by adoption. And he took us in, he covered us, he redeemed us, and he did all this by choice, by loving it, and by loving us by choice. And John tells us this, that some people say, I found God, or I love God first. No, no, no. John tells us that he loved us first, therefore we love him. And um, so this is, this is powerful because... We are his and he is ours. We are his and he is ours, okay? And, be, and we, because we are his, then that means that every promise that is in the Bible, every promise that is in his word, it is written to us and it pertains to us. That promise that is found in the Bible is yours. That promise that is found in the scripture, whether it be in Genesis, whether it be in Revelation, every promise in those books is your promise, and it is my promise. And I need someone to get excited this morning that every promise that God spoke into existence is mine for the taking. All right, I'm going to explain this. I'm going to break this down. This was divinely orchestrated. It was divinely orchestrated. When God spoke, he knew that from the beginning... He, he knew the end from the beginning. In other words, meaning that he knew that somewhere in the spectrum of time that you and I would be taken into his family. He knew that from, from, from the beginning of time to the end of time, he knew that somewhere in that spectrum that you and I would receive him, we would decide to follow him, we would be born again, we would come into his family. He knew that every one of us in this room that have decided to follow Christ, that we would be brought into his family. He knew that. So what does that mean? Since he knows the end from the beginning, that when he spoke the promise to Abraham, he was also thinking about you and me. When he spoke the promises to, to Moses, that means he was also thinking of you and me. When he spoke the promises to all the patriarchs of old and he spoke them into existence he said you know what these are for my children that means that he had you and I in mind when he was promising to Abraham Isaac and Jacob I need someone to get excited in this room that the promises of God are ours they are for us they are mine because I was brought into the family because God loved me first and now I can love him back this is good this is good. It was divinely orchestrated. Every promise would be transferred to you and to me the moment we came into the family. The moment we received him as father. And this is worth praising God for. This is worth, man, this is worth saying, God, I thank you and I love you because I am your son and I am or your daughter. Isaiah 60 was written as a promise. It was written as a promise to the people of Israel. And I believe that is a promise to us as well.
Isaiah 60 was written in a time of great despair. It was written in a time where God's people had endured hardship. They've, they were found in captivity. They were in foreign land and they were, they were captives. And uh, so God speaks to the prophet Isaiah. And he breathes life into Israel, the people of Israel, with these words. The words that are found in Isaiah 60. And, and I want to be honest. I believe that what Isaiah 60 also breathes life into us. The scripture that we read, if we take it into our lives, it can breathe life into us. As we grasp the truth from the scripture, I'm breaking it down. So a lot like now, we are in difficult times. There are a lot of unknowns. There are pressures politically, nationally, internationally. There's all this stuff going on. And Isaiah rises up and says, this is what the Lord says, arise and shine for the light has come. The glory of God rises among you. And he goes on to give hope in a difficult situation. And Isaiah says, darkness is among you, but the Lord rises among you and the glory appears over you. If there was ever darkness in this world, it is now. If there was ever a time where we needed the glory of God in our lives, in our families, in our nation, wherever, in our world, it is now. I don't know, but we, we've been looking. I don't know if you watch CNN or Fox News. It really doesn't matter. But I want to tell you that if you look at that stuff, you see darkness all over. But I want to prophesy and I want to declare that the glory of the Lord is rising among his people. The glory of the Lord, of the Lord rises among you. I need someone to get excited arise and shine for the light has come I need someone that is found in darkness I need you to open up your eyes again and see the light of God shining come on God is shining among his people arise and shine for the light has come God's glory is rising it's rising so Israel's promise is spoken it, it, it is spoken and they hold on to the promise that restoration will come. They hold on to this promise. They're like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to believe this. I'm going to hold on to it. They, they take it and, and, and they believe that better will come. They believe that blessing will come. They will believe. And, and they, they held on to the promise. And, and in, in, in time, the promise came. God's word was fulfilled. God's word came to pass. The Savior came, glory came, and light came in a bodily form, and his name was Jesus. The glory came. Heaven embodied was given to us, and his name was Jesus. Here's the difference, because we see the people of Israel in Isaiah 60, they had to wait. But this is the difference between Israel, the people of Israel back then, and us now. This is the difference. They believed that it would come, and here's the difference, where we are on the timeline, okay? Where we are on the spectrum of time. They received this verse when they were awaiting the Messiah. And we are receiving this message. We receive Isaiah 60 post-Messiah. In other words, after Christ had come and died on the cross. We are living 
You and I are living after the work of the cross. I want to tell you, glory has already come. The light has already come. And every promise in the scripture that pertains to the people of God can now come to pass because Jesus came and he fulfilled the law and he came, glory came, light came, and I don't know where you are, but wherever you are, Jesus can meet you there and glory can meet you there. God can send his presence wherever you are I need you to understand this we are post the cross and every promise why did Jesus say on the cross it is finished because there was nothing else left to do every promise is mine and it can happen here and now can we thank God for that but we must believe it we must believe it we must walk in it. We must function in it. Have you ever noticed that it's easier to think of negative things than it is to think of positive things? Why is that in our humanity? It's so easy to think of the negative than it is to think of the good that can come in our lives. It's easier to think of things that can go wrong than things that can go right. We, it's easier... Here's a good one. It's easier to believe for less than it is to believe for more. It's easier to believe for less than it is for more. And then we wonder why there is no progress in our life. Why there is no increase. Why? It's because we are believing below what is possible or we are expecting below what is possible. And we are re and really below what God has for his people. All right, God said, he said this, and I'm just going to give you the Andrew version. You ready? You ready? I'm going to make things, I'm going to take things, and I'm going to make them better. That's what he said. You're like, where did he say that? All right, let's go back to verse 17. Let's go back to verse 17. Verse 17 says this. He says, instead of bronze, I will bring you gold. Now, bronze is good, but gold is better, right? Can we all agree on that? Bronze is good, but gold is better. And silver in place of iron. Iron is good for some things, but silver is what? Better. Okay, God. Instead of wood, you need, need wood, construct things, all that stuff. But instead of wood, I will give you what? Bronze. Last time I checked, bronze is better than wood. And then an iron in place of stones. Iron is better than stones. I will make peace your governor and well-being your ruler. Come on. I want all of us to say the word better. Ready? One, two, three, go. Better. I'm going to make things better. I believe it is graduation season. I preached this word back in our, our, our church a few, a few weeks ago. And if you would know the testimonies that have come out of this, this believing that God is for us and God is with us. And God says, hey, you know what? There's been promotions. There's been pay increases. There's been provision. And I, I want to tell you, that's going to happen in this house if you take hold of what God is saying to us. And God says, you know what? I want to make things better. I want to make things better in your life. But you got to believe it. And I know some of you are thinking... 
Why are you saying this, preacher? Why do you have the audacity to say something like this in the greatest time of inflation? And the, one, one of the, we're on the brink of an economics collapse. And you're like, why are you saying this? I want to tell you because the children of God are not tied to the economy of the world. The children of God are not tied to earthly things, but they are tied to celestial things and divine things and godly things. That means when everybody else in the world is going down, the people of God can be going up. I want to declare over you that God has something better for every one of us in this room that say, you know what, God, I'll take your word and I'll believe it for what it says. I'll take your word. I won't make any excuses. I won't try to reason. I won't try to make sense of it, but I will believe it and take it hold of my life it's bold i know it's bold but but it's true it's true god is watching out for his people i have i have the audacity to say this okay right and you can read in between the lines however you want god will honor those who honor him god will honor those who honor him and and he will honor those he cannot break covenant if you honor him with everything that you have he will honor you it's graduation season it's graduation season but i know we love talking about god taking us to the next level we love about god the promises of god for ours and being ours and and, and it being and I, I want more money and i want more this and i want it's not i'm not just talking about money y'all. i'm talking about a better life and it, it, maybe it entails money but it's not just that but a lot of people love talking about the blessing of the lord but they forget about a certain aspect of what it takes to sustain a season of blessing and so, so I, I want to talk for just a few moments as I, as, I, as I transition. We cannot expect to go to the next level without accepting the responsibility of the next level. You want the promise of God? You got to walk in a way that you are, uh, that you are able to sustain what God wants to do in your life. The simplest way of saying this is if you want increase in your finances, but you have no budget and you have no idea where your money is going, then how can you expect increase? You got to be able to take responsibility for the season that you are in. God will place you in the next season, but because of our habits and our actions, then we will decrease or we will go lower because not because God wanted us to, but because we are not sustaining the season that God has put us in. So, okay, I know I'm preaching good, I think. <laughs> the trend... <laughs> The transition that we're talking about is, is not, um, the transition we're talking about is about things getting better for us externally, but it's not just getting things or better things for us externally, but I believe and I know that it can affect my standing. I am blessed and provided for and all that. I know God can increase me. I know God can do all that stuff. But I need you to understand and I need you to realize that God also wants to affect your heart. He wants to get in and change your heart. I need, I need to say this. 
Because there is an inward transformation that had to happen. Verse 21 says, Then all your people will be righteous, and they will possess the land forever. Righteousness was needed to sustain the possession of the land. So the glory came, the light came, and, and it initiated a season of hope. I, I'm believing for more. I'm believing for better. I know this season is, is difficult, but I'm believing that God can take me into the next season, and I'm going to hold on to that, and I'm going to believe that. And, and, and so this, this is, I pray that this sermon is fresh air for you. I believe that this sermon, I hope this, this sermon is hope for you, and I hope it's hope for your life, for your marriage, for your family, for your finances, for your business, for every endeavor that you have. I hope this is hope, and there's somebody that say, hey, you know what? I have no hope in this season. This is hope. Hope has come. Uh, listen, God is doing something. God's provision and faithfulness is worth leaning on. God's provision and faithfulness is worth leaning on. He's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we can ask or think. He, he's able. Any of y'all, any of y'all know the name of God? All my oneness people are like, oh, I know, I know. Any of y'all know? His name is Abel. According to a five-year-old that heard the preacher say, he's able, he's able, he's able, he's able. So when they asked him, what is God's name? Abel. Come on, man. God is able. I'm, I'm kidding, y'all. It's not able. Just if anyone's like, oh, man, this guy's preaching heresy. It's a joke. It's a joke. You can delete that from the tape if you want to. But it says this, it says, all your people will be righteous. Check this out. The reason Israel was in captivity because they had drifted away from God and they had fallen into a sinful state as a nation. They had fallen away from God and they had been in a sinful state as a nation. So God allowed this season of difficulty to come to his people but the difficulty would produce righteousness that would allow them to possess the land it's interesting to me i need to remind us that we are extracting godly principles from this text okay so but i need you to i need you to understand this we need godly character to sustain a glory initiated season see people want the blessing but they don't want godly character People want the good stuff, but they don't want to live a surrendered life unto the Lord. But this is, this is scripture, y'all. In order to possess the land, righteousness precedes that. So we got to understand that a godly character and godly living is what will sustain the season that God wants to put us in. We all want better. We all want the blessing. I'm getting ready to close. And it will come. It is the promise of God. It, it'll come. 
but it can be sustained by your godly living, by walking a life of faith. Let me ask this question. The season that you are believing for, man, I'm believing for that. I'm believing for this. I'm believing for that. The life and now the life that you are living, will the life you are living sustain what, God, what you are asking God for? Will it sustain what you are asking God for? God wants to do a work in our life. You can't be petty and expect God to sustain that season that you're in. You can't be childish and expect God to sustain you in that season. Because your next level requires a next level commitment to God. Your next level requires next level faith. Your next level, what God is trying to bring you into or pull you up to, requires next level faith. Your next level will require you to mature and to grow. It's going to require you to mature and to grow. Because when you go underdeveloped, You're not just hurting yourself. You are hurting those who are waiting for you on the other side. Peter had to grow into the type of person needed to preach to the gospel and to the Gentiles. Mom and dad, you have to grow to do better for your kids than what was done for you. You got to grow to break cycles. You got to grow to leave a better legacy than what was left for you. Desire is not enough. You got to grow. Young person, you got to grow because your next relationship depends on it so that it could be better than your last. You got to grow. Business owner, you got to grow in order for God to unlock the next level of resources that he has for your life. Growth is not easy. It costs, but it is necessary. You got to grow. Growth is a necessary path for every believer. Complacency is our enemy. But if you say, God, would you grow me into the next season? God, would you grow me? I don't just want the blessing, but I want the character that you want me to have. I don't just want the external, God, but would you work on the inside of me? God, would you work on the inside of me? I want everyone to stand together. I could have my prop. I have another one in the back. They're hiding it. I love, love you, Jesus. Where you are going, where you are going requires something of you. Thank you. Where you're going requires something of you. Pastor Johnson said it this way, leave your baggage and pick up your luggage. Baggage is about where you have been and luggage is about where you are going. 
It's hard to mature. It's hard to progress when you are carrying the weight of the previous season. And to be honest, many people are carrying the weight of every past season of their life. Some of us carry stuff from our childhood. Some of us carry stuff from our infancy. Some of us carry our stuff from when we were six or we were eight or 12 and, and they did us wrong and they abandoned us or they, they did us wrong and we're carrying the weight of every past season in our life. A bad relationship, a bad decision that we made, a bad mistake, and we carry the baggage. But it's hard to mature and it's hard to grow when you're carrying weight from the past. And many of us are always talking, many of us are always talking about the things that were done to us. And we have the baggage. And we wear it on our shoulder and we carry it over our back. And we wonder why we can't progress. It's because we're heading in the wrong direction. We have baggage from yesterday. But if you want to grow and go into the next season and the next level that God has for you, for your marriage, for your family, for your business, you got to let go of the baggage and pick up the luggage. We carry weight. We're always going to carry weight. But that is a from the past. And this is where I'm going. You know what this bag entails? You know what? I'm getting this bag and there's expectancy in this bag. There's spiritual disciplines in this bag. There's godly things in this bag. No, I'm not taking that anymore. I'm picking up and I'm saying, hey, you know what? I'll see you later. And I'm going to go into the season that God has for me. Come on. Tell your neighbor, I'm getting pulled up. I'm getting pulled up. I'm getting pulled up. I need someone to believe with me that God can do it. I need you to leave the baggage because what God has for you is so much better. I need you to let this word pull you into your next season and pick up the luggage. Maybe you aren't where you want to be, but you are heading in the right direction. Come on, I need you to say, I'm graduating today. I'm no longer have a reason to stay in the former when God is calling me to the new. I need a godly mindset. I need godly principles in my life. I'm pursuing maturity and I'm getting ready for my next season. Can we thank God that I'm getting ready for my next? I'm getting ready for better. I'm getting ready for favor and grace and everything that he has for my life. Getting ready for better.